Um, I just wanted to follow on from uh, what Philip was sharing last week. And, uh, you know, with Christmas coming, it is uh, a really great opportunity for us to share. Do you want to turn this off, Ivan? No. You want to share what... Um, share about what Jesus means to us and, and what we have to tell. You know, because Christmas is actually our celebration as Christmas, as Christians. It's our celebration. And it's not, it's not about all the food we eat or about Santa Claus or any of those things. They're, they're part of what people see about what Christmas is about. But Christmas is about Jesus. And so we get a chance to shine at Christmas time and to um, share about what our faith means. So I wanted to just share a little bit on from what Philip shared about going and telling your story um, tonight and just to remind us and give us a focus for the next few weeks about going and sharing and telling about what God has done. So that's what I want to talk about tonight. But first we're going to pray because that's always a good thing to do. So let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you for um, your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd come and just fill each one of us with your strength your peace. Lord, I pray that you would help us to focus right now on the words that you've laid on my heart to speak, Lord. Lord, that we would be inspired to share about you. Fill this place with your peace, Lord. Angels come and uh, minister. Surround about us, Lord. Just peace upon the children, too, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I was thinking about uh, what it means to share your faith. And uh, sometimes people, um, they say, well, come and see. Come and see what God is about. Come to church and come and see. And that's great that we invite people to church because you need to do that. But actually, the news that we have to tell, Jesus said, go and tell. He didn't say, come and see. He said, go and tell. And I'm going to read you from Matthew chapter 28. And if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there or might go up on the screen. Matthew 28 verse 18. I'll read from uh, verse 16 actually because this is Jesus just before he goes up into heaven. He says this and when somebody leaves you take notice of the last words they say don't you? If somebody you've been at their deathbed or it's the last thing you remember somebody saying to you, do you still remember? You remember, well, this is what Jesus said before he went to heaven. So it's good to take notice of what he said. He said, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and he spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to absorb, observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's what Jesus said. He said, go into all the world and make disciples. That's actually the Great Commission. That's the last thing Jesus said before he went to heaven. It's the last thing he told us to do. And so therefore, we've got to take notice. He said, go into all the world, not come and see Come and let somebody else do it. When you have asked Jesus into your life, you actually get a great commission, a commission that this is what your life is to be. The focus of it is, is to go into all the world. Go into all the world. Janet, we'll have those later, if you like. We'll have them up at supper time, thanks. 
Go into all the world and make disciples. And uh, too often as a church, as a whole, we've had the mentality of come and see. You know, come and see and, and somebody else can tell. Somebody else can do the work of making disciples. The pastors can do it, the leaders can do it, the priests can do it. But Jesus actually didn't give us um, that command. He said, you go and you tell and you make disciples. So go and tell is what we're meant to be, not just come and see. Go and tell. He said, he, he said I send you. I send you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That's from John chapter 15, verse 15. I chose you. You're not here by accident. God saw you and he picked you and he chose you and he appointed you to go. Go and tell. Go and bear fruit and bear fruit that will last. Bear fruit, spend your life's work, your life energy on things that will last. And too often in the world, we get this worldly perspective of the things that matter just now. If you could see your life in the eternal perspective, it's a great big long line that lasts forever. And our time here is this little bit at the start. And too often, we focus so much on the little bit at the start that we lose the heavenly perspective of what we are called to do. And we get so caught up in getting and existing and making a living and all those things when Jesus said, the biggest thing you can do is go and tell someone about me and make disciples. He says, the biggest thing you can do and bear fruit that lasts, put into people things that will last. And the greatest thing you can do is tell somebody about Jesus, encourage them in their walk, Help them to walk the way Jesus teaches. It put the seeds of the kingdom on their life because that's what lasts. Houses don't last. Money in your bank account doesn't last. But knowing that somebody is with you in heaven, that's what lasts. Knowing that you've put into your kids and that they're gonna be, they are going to be with you in eternity, that's what lasts. And when you start to have that perspective of what am I spending my time doing? What am I spending my thoughts thinking about? Is it just about here and now or does it have an eternal perspective? Because too often we get caught in the daily stuff of existing and, and living just down here and we're not thinking about eternity. And what is the fruit that I am producing in my life that's going to last? Because that's what really matters when it's all said and done. What have you done that's going to last? Because God said, he said, go and bear fruit in people's life that will last. Because things wear out. Things get rusty. Things get moldy. Things wear and tear. But if you put the kingdom, you, you sow the blessing of the words of the kingdom, of the good news, that you don't have to die a sinner, that you don't have to be sick, that you don't have to be, feel guilty anymore, that you don't have to be afraid of dying. If you put that into somebody else's life, that's what's going to matter. When it's all said and done and your time on earth is done, that's what matters. That's what matters. Now, Jesus, he said um, that we're all missionaries. And sometimes we see the people that you do just go off to Africa or go off and, you know, you might even support people and their missionaries. 
But Jesus says, you're a missionary. Your mission is to go into your world and tell of what Jesus has done. That's your mission, wherever you go. It's not that you have to be a pastor, that you have to be in full-time ministry. You're in full-time ministry wherever you are, in your university, in your school, in your workplace, in your home, in the playgroup that you go to, in the shopping center that you go to, in your family that you are in. You are a mission. You're on a mission to reach them and go and tell what God has done for them so that they do not have to be afraid of dying. Because everybody at one point in their life is going to get to that point where they have to face it. And you can keep busy and you can get distracted and they can do the same thing. But eventually, everybody has to come face to face with their mortality. And so our job, our mission is wherever God puts you is to go and tell what God has done. Go and tell what Jesus has done. Because that's what really matters. And it's so easy to get distracted with all the other stuff, which is good. But in the good, make sure there's God in it. In the good, make sure God is in the middle. He wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to, your life be absolutely Harley Davidson rip-roaring. Why does he want that? Because when you have a life like that, it glorifies him. But more than anything, more than all the blessings, more than all the prosperity, or more than all the health and the wealth and all of those things, is that he wants us to be able to share and bear fruit that lasts. And that fruit has been able to go and tell what he has done. Go and tell. You know, if everybody, if you all sitting here, everybody shared about Jesus and that you don't have to be afraid of dying, that you don't have to be guilty anymore, that you don't have to lie awake wondering. If everybody in this room and every Christian around the world shared their faith with one other person, the whole world would be saved. But too often we get so caught up on the things of the world and the distractions and the desire for other things and making ends meet and I want to do this and all those things that they crowd out. You know, you see God blessing people and he starts to bless you. And instead of that spurring you on for greater things for God, you get caught up in the blessing. And you, you know, you build your big houses, you do all these things and God blesses you. And then instead of serving him more, you get caught up in the blessing and what he's done for you. And he gets pushed aside. And he says, hello, hang on a minute. What about me? Because he has to be the center of everything. And when he's the center of everything, everything flows out. It doesn't become a stagnant pool. It just, every, life keeps on flowing through those things. So we're all missionaries and we're all sent to go. We're all sent to go. Go and tell what he has done. And when you bear much fruit, my father is honored and glorified and you show and prove yourself to be true followers of mine. John 15 verse 8, when you bear much fruit, my Father is honoured and glorified in your life and you show and approve and show yourself to be true followers of mine. It's easy to say, oh, I'm a Christian, I go to church. But a disciple, a true disciple, goes and bears fruit, goes and makes disciples. We're not about playing church and we're not about playing, oh yeah, I'm going to heaven because Jesus said, if you've done that, then I ask you to do something. Because it's a height of selfishness to be given eternal life and then not share it with somebody else. 
Because one day you're going ha- to be in heaven and you're going to be looking down at all those people that you didn't bother to tell. And you have to answer for that. It's a height of selfishness for us to be given so much and to share so little. Go and bear fruit and show yourself to be true followers of mine. Now, when we minister and we tell about Jesus and we do away with the traditions and the religiosity of, oh, you've got to do this and you've got to be like that and you've got to dress like that and you've got to all say the right things because that's what puts people off God. When you just truly minister the love of God, that when you see somebody hurting, you come along and you try to heal the hurt with God's love. When you see somebody sick, that you offer to pray for them. That you're ready to do it. You know, I was just reading on Facebook this um, weekend about this um, lady and, and she was in the hairdressers and she was getting her hair done and the woman who was cutting her hair had a back um, pain and all her discs were out of line and she was in pain. And, uh, she, and she was sitting there and, you know, and she thought, well, I know that God heals. I know what Jesus has done. I know that he says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And even if you've never done that before, you know it. You've been told it. And so she just said, I'm just, can I pray for you? So she just pl- prays in the middle of the hairdressers. And after she's finished doing her hair, and she just lays her hands on her and says, Lord, I just pray healing upon this woman's back. Lord, just heal her. Bang, bang, bang. She felt all this stuff shifting around in the back. The pain instantly went and she's standing there going, I feel different. My back's healed. I'm not in pain anymore. That's amazing. The hairdresser, two chairs down, says, hang on a minute. I've had this ache in my shoulder for weeks. Can you pray for me? So she prays for her. She gets healed. Then there's another hairdresser over here and the client. And she's praying all through the hairdressers. Why? Because she just went and told what God had done. It's not about us. It's just about what he has said. And just stepping out and saying, you know what? I'm going to pray. What if it doesn't work? What if it does? God will meet you when you step out. He'll meet you when you step out. He wants to minister his love and his healing and his deliverance for people. He's just waiting to use vessels. I don't know why he just doesn't go bang, 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 you know, all the time and just heal people without using us, but he's chosen to use us. As weak and insufficient as we may feel, he still chooses to use us to spread the good news. He still chooses to use us. And if he can use somebody sitting in a hairdresser to heal four or five people in that hairdresser, he can use you because he's no respecter of persons, but he is respecter of those who will step out in faith and he will meet you when you do that. And the more words you have in in you that Jesus is the one who heals, the more words you have that he is the God who loves you, the more you stick of this in your life, of God's word, it's going to come out when you need it. You go, well, I don't know if I've got enough faith for that. Then build your faith. If you go, oh, I'd love to do that, just reach out and somebody, bang, 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 gets healed. Well, then build your faith that Jesus is the healer. Read through Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and Acts and see what Jesus did. Because when you get the word in you, then it's going to come out when you need it. Your word level has to be equal to your want level. You want God to do something. You want God to use you. You want God to move through your life. Then you get the word on you because your word level, which carries the anointing and power of God, has to be equal to what you want to happen. 
If you want things to happen, then get more of the word in you because that's what activates the power and the faith to make it happen. You know, we can sit there and go, oh, well, I would love that to happen to me. I'd love God for you, that. Well, then get it in you because then it comes out. It's like you've got to put, there's a demand that's put on you. When you see somebody in need, there's a demand that's put on it. So get your word level up to your want level. You know, the word activates and lifts our expectation of what God can do in us. Jesus, when he came to earth and he healed the sick and he raised the dead and he provided for every need, when he did that, he was showing us what we're capable of. He said, greater things will you do than I have done. That kind of blows your mind a little bit. When did you last raise somebody from the dead? When did you last unstop deaf ears? But he says, greater things will you do than I have done. And when you read the word, it activates faith that God can use you the same because you start to see yourself as God sees you, that you are capable of that. You have the power, the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead residing on the inside of you. And when you start to see yourself that God can use me like that, that I am a little Christ. You know, Christian means little Christs. When you call yourself a Christian, it means you're little Christ, that he is within you. Greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. He actually expects, that's called the milk, the easy stuff, by the way. Raising the dead, that's the easy stuff, according to God. Opening blind eyes, that's the easy stuff. The other stuff, the character and the fruit of the Holy Spirit of self-control and kindness and gentleness, that's the stuff that's the meat. And we get it all topsy-turvy. We go, oh, you know, must be such a strong Christian, must be so full of faith and blah, 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 to be able to raise somebody for the dead or pray for somebody and they're healed. That's the milk. God says somebody who's just asked Jesus, put their hand up yesterday, they can do that. So everybody's sitting here. I know all of you have been saved more than one week. So go pray for somebody. Go open some blind eyes and stop some deaf ears because that's the easy stuff. You know, our potential is unlimited. The potential that we have in each one of us is unlimited. Most people never, ever tap into their potential. Not just of the things, you know, of, of you know, ministry kind of, of reaching out, but actually just what God has put inside of you. What purpose and plan that he's got inside of you is unlimited potential. And most of the time, we never, ever tap into that potential. What does God want you to do? What is it that he has gifted you with? What plan and purpose does he have for you? But because the potential that inside of you is unlimited. Nothing is impossible. God doesn't put any limits And sometimes you might get a glimpse or you might even have a dream of this is what I want you to do. Or you see this vision of what you could do. That's God speaking often. And it's like we're the ones that talk ourselves out of being able to be those people that are head and not the tail, above and not beneath, that we're winners and not losers. Our potential is unlimited, but most of the time we just sit back and expect it just all to happen. And if it doesn't, oh well. 
We've got to make a demand on the potential that's inside of us. We've got to make a demand on the power that resides in us. We've got to make a demand on the giftings and who God has called each one of us to be. Because if you just sit back on your laurels, you're never going to fulfill all that God created you to be. If you just sit back, often nothing happens. You see the people and they do amazing things. They've made a demand on what God has put on the inside of them, the gifting and the dreams and the power and the passion. They've made a demand on it. What is your potential? What is God wanting you to do? Now, Joe Osteen, I don't know if any of you know who he is. He's a, he runs a church in Lakewood Church. It's um, got 43,500 people to date. He started as a university dropout. He was the youngest son of his father and his mother who were the pastors who started that church. I think it was around 1,000 people when they handed it over to him. He was the last person that you would have thought would have been given that church to look after. You know, he was shy. He handled the media. He was out the back. And he dropped out of uni. He didn't have a degree, anything like that. And yet the potential that was in him was unlimited. And he just tapped into it. He said, God, if this is what you want me to do, then I'm going to step up. And now he's growing that church to over 43,000 people. They have multiple campuses all over the place. You can buy his books, you can download his sermons, you can listen to him. He just tapped into the potential that was inside of him to do great things. He tapped into the potential of what God had called him to do. Joyce Meyer, some of you might know her, she was a 42-year-old divorced, abused, beaten up woman who looking at her, you would think she had nothing to offer. And yet, she tapped in the potential that God had put on the inside of her. And she says, you know what? God has bigger things for me. I have a story to tell. And so she started to tell it. She started to tell it. She started to talk. She started to preach. And she started to write it down. Then she got on the radio. And then she got on the television. And now, if you Google her name you'll see that she is all over the place. She has so many books, I don't know how she gets time to re- write them all. She, has, she is an amazing woman who has done a lot in 30 years. But at 42 years old, she was, she was divorced and she was, had been sexually abused as a child and she was not in a good way. And yet God grabbed hold of her and he said, you know what, I have plans for you. Make a demand on the potential that is inside of you. And so she did, and she's blessed so many people through it. You know, Moses in the Bible was a murderer. He ran away. He was a murderer and he was a coward. He didn't face his past, and he stuttered to boot. He couldn't even talk, you know, through a sentence. And yet God saw him and said, I've chosen you to free my people. And so he grabbed hold of him, and and he said, this is what I say about you. This is what I say about you, and this is the plan I have for you. Now you go and do it. And so he did. And that man, he saw God. He communed with God. What has God put on the inside of you? Because if God can do it for Joel Osteen, he can do it for Joyce Meyer, he can do it for Moses, he can do it for a man named Bill Winston, who I think you heard preach or we're away. You know, he was a... a a man who he, God called him to travel from the other side of America and go into the projects, which is like the down and out, you know, hard placed. 
to, to live. And he said, you sit in that house, you go to that house, you go to the area, you go to that city, and I have a plan for you in that place. And she says, all right, I'm going to make a demand on the potential and the power that is within me. And so he's laid out his uh, front lawn with lawn chairs. He put a little speaker on the front lawn and he started to preach on a Sunday morning to all his neighbours who thought he was nuts and did not come and sit on his lawn and listen initially. But he just kept at it because he made a demand on the potential and the word of God in him that went, you know what, I want this. I want to do something significant. I want to do something for God because he's done so much for me and that's what he's laid on my heart to do. And so he sat there and he put his lawn chairs out and he preached and slowly, bit by bit, they came. And now he has a church of over 20,000 people. He travels all over the world. He's hilarious to listen to. But he's a mighty man of God. But he started with just a man with a word from God knowing that he had the power and potential in him to do anything and he obeyed. And now you see what, what God can do, but he just listened and he obeyed. What are you going to do with what's in the inside of you? Jesus said, herein is my Father glorified when you bear much fruit. What's your fruit? God says much fruit is when lives are restored and healed by his power. It's about you sharing your story and allowing God to use you. Because that's all they did. Joel Austin just shared his story. Joyce Meyer just shared her story. Bill Winston, Moses just shared God's story. It's taking hold of what you've been given and who you are now. Taking hold of the future that God has for you rather than keep on looking back at your past. You have unlimited power and potential on the inside of you. You know, I was uh, thinking, thinking as I prepared this and... Uh, I thought about myself and I thought about who I used to be and who I am now and then who I am going to be because you've not seen anything yet. You've seen nothing yet. I've seen it. It's cool. Watch out, world. But, you know, we should all say that. Watch out, world. Here I come. I'm out of bed. I've put my feet on the ground. Devil, you better make way because I'm coming through. Amen? He should quiver in his boots when you get out of bed on a Monday morning. Come on now. Yeah? Because you have so much power inside of you that you would frighten yourself if you could see. Yeah? You just got to open your mouth. You just got to go and tell. And when you do that, when you step out in faith, then the power of God meets you. And I was thinking, because my brother Sean, he was 24 years old and he got on a plane to go to work. And uh, he died. And, and I was thinking as I was preparing about sometimes what God uses to, to motivate us. And back when I was 30 years old, because that's how old I was when he went to be with the Lord, I got on a plane with my mum and dad to um, go to his memorial service at the place where he worked. And my dad used to pl fly planes. And so I was sitting beside him and he was great. Not. He told me bit by bit as we went up in altitude what would have happened on the plane that Sean was on. And so he was breaking it down for me, all these lovely details of, oh, this this would happen. And I'm like, Lord, but you know in the other ear, God was talking. And you know what he was saying? He was saying the words of a song from John Farnham, which I'm going to play in a minute. It's, you're the voice, try and understand it, make a noise and make it clear. 
You're not going to sit in silence. You're not going to live with fear. With the, you have the power to be powerful, believing you can make it better. And that's the song that was running through my head as my dad went blah, blah, blah in one ear of all the, you know, fear and all this. And the other side was, you're the voice. Understand it. Make a sound and make it clear. You are powerful and you can make it better. And so that's what motivates me some days when my schedule is crazy and I might look a bit shattered and I'm running around getting kids ready, getting down here, blessing people, smiling at the door, stamping little kids' hands, talking to parents, inviting them to church, praying for others, meeting chaplains, running connect groups, preaching up the front, is that I have a story to tell. I have a voice and I better make a noise because the world needs to know. And I'm more powerful than even I know. But when we tap into that power, we can do anything. And I want to just encourage you tonight, just don't sit and think, well, this is me and whatever happens, happens. Make a demand on the potential and the power and the anointing of God, which is God's stuff on you. Make a demand on it because when you do that, that's when you bear fruit that will truly last. I'm so glad that I had an opportunity to be my brother Sean's youth pastor. I got an opportunity to put into him and his friends' lives every Friday night, every Saturday night when they'd sit on the couch to 3 a.m. in the morning and then we'd be up for church and up down there for the prayer meeting at 8 o'clock. What we got, 6 o'clock maybe, that we got to put into his life and we got to put into his friends' lives so that now some of them are pastors themselves, some of them are youth leaders, some of them do the sound at churches, all over because I took the time and I made a demand on the potential and I had a voice. You know, and Philip shared last weekend how we had a girl stand at our doorstep with tears running down her face saying, you changed my history. Just by being who you are, you guys listened to me, you loved me and you shared about Jesus with me and you changed my history. My family is so different but from me because you took the time to put in front of my life as a 13-year-old kid. Tell your story because it makes a difference and tap into the potential of what God has called you to do. He has a plan and a purpose far greater than we can ask or think or dream or imagine. He says he'll do more. And use your voice. So think about that as this song plays. And uh, this is my little mantra. And uh, maybe it'll be yours too. Yeah, let's go and be a voice. Don't live in silence. Don't live in fear anymore. Now tell someone your story. Tell someone about what God has done for you, what God is doing in you. And put a demand on the potential that God has in you and go and do something wonderful. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for what you have done for us on the cross, Jesus, that you bore the curse for us so that we could be free from it, free from the fear of death, free from the, the weight of that. And Lord, I pray that you would remind us of how much you have done and how much you are doing in our lives, even in those moments where we feel like we're stuck 
we feel like we're still struggling with the same old stuff, Lord, I pray that you would encourage us by your Holy Spirit. Lord, that we would make a demand on the potential that you have put in each one of us to do something great. Lord, to find our voice, to not be silent and to not live in fear anymore. I pray your blessing on each one of us, Lord, that we would go out and tell the world. In Jesus' precious name. And we all said, Amen.